This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is episode 10, and today I'm joined by a co-host here, D.E. Fraley from Kinsman, Ohio. He, he was nice enough to come by and join us. What's going on, D.E.? Not much. How you doing, man? All pretty good. Just hanging in there. Well, this weekend we had some races at the Wild West Shootout out of FK Rod Ends Arizona Speedway. Uh, we talked a little bit about what they did last weekend. So Wednesday they were back in action with Jonathan Davenport picking up the win. They had a night off on the Thursday. Then the 15th, Tyler Erb picked up the win. It was a pretty good race that night. And then Tyler Erb picked up another win on the 16th on the Saturday night. It was really a slider fest with Ricky Thornton Jr. Did you watch any of those races? Uh, I watched uh, the highlights of most of the Wild West shootout. I watched uh, the final night of the Wild West shootout. Um been a been a busy busy week for me i hear you man. weekend as well so i hear you and then uh then jonathan davenport of course picked up the big win yesterday there on uh and it paid twenty five thousand to win yesterday and he also won that was his third win of the mini series so he picked up the ten thousand dollar kaiser manufacturing bonus so he walked out of arizona with almost fifty thousand dollars to start off his 2021 campaign and they're and they're headed across I ten right now, headed to Florida to start the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series season. Uh, Jonathan Davenport, you know, he picked up, uh, he had he won five races in twenty twenty, and this year before we even get to February, before we're even out of January, he's already picked up three wins. I asked him if he wanted to be on the show this evening, and he couldn't make it, but uh, but hopefully we'll get him on here in the next few weeks, and we wish him a lot of luck coming up here in the in this season with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and Speed Weeks coming up. Speaking of Speed Weeks, they started early this year. Volusia Raceway Park this weekend hosted the World of Outlaw season opener with the Sunshine Nationals. January 14th, Kyle Bronson picked up the win out there. Uh, the 15th on Friday night, it rained it out while they were in the middle of qualifying, so that was unfortunate. Um, Kyle Strickler picked up his very first career World of Outlaw late model win in his Longhorn chassis instead of the normal PCC rocket car that he's going to be driving this year. He really uh, out he really outdid himself, man. He outdueled Scott Bloomquist, which, by the way, Scott Bloomquist is back, yeah, back in the mix. He finished second. Bloomer was fast. He's going to be good this year, I think. So keep an eye on Scott Bloomquist. I think he'll be a good one to take in your uh, dirt draft coming up this year. So, uh, what did you think? Did you catch any of that racing at Volusia? Uh, I watched the uh, the night that Kyle won. Um, he looked pretty strong, and Bloomquist looked surprisingly strong. That's probably the best he's looked since probably Thunder Mountain earlier last year, um, up in PA when he won that outlaw race. And I was I was pretty surprised how good he looked, and hopefully he can carry that on through the season. Yeah, I think he's uh, I, I, like I said. I think that, uh, that Scott Bloomquist is back. Uh, don't sleep on him this year. I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to do good. He's got some good equipment, some good guys helping him, and Cody Summer and the boys over there at Scott Bloomquist Motorsports are going to turn things around this year. So, then, like I said, I mentioned it there. Uh, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series season opener is coming up this weekend, and uh, a few of those guys that are going to race the Lucas Oil Series were out at Arizona, so they're going they're coming across I-10 right now, headed to Florida to get the season kicked off. All Tech Raceway Friday and Saturday night this weekend. It was going to be at Golden Isle Speedway, 
but due to COVID, they canceled that. So they're going to they're going to race down there in Florida this weekend. Fifteen thousand to win on Saturday night with a twelve thousand to win show on Friday night. Those should be star-studded lineups for sure. I look forward to those being some pretty good races. That's a pretty neat racetrack down there. Uh, following uh, racing at Alltech, they're going to be at East Bay Raceway Park for the Winter Nationals all week long, Monday through Saturday. Uh, if you get a chance, go down to East Bay. East Bay is not going to be around too much longer, so if you get the chance, definitely take the opportunity to go down there and see some of that race, and we'll be watching from home. I want to uh, send a shout-out to the to the Clanton family. Uh, some well wishes. Shane's going battling COVID. His wife's not doing that doing good. Uh, we want to send them got that family our best wishes right now, and hopefully uh, see Shane back at the racetrack here very soon. Uh, the Pollard family regains control of Sonoya Raceway. So that's that's pretty good news. They uh, they built that track way back in the day, and the 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 promoters and owners of the track there kind of kind of parted ways this just a few weeks ago so the pollard family is going to take control it's going to be really interesting to see what's going on down there unfortunately though the february 20th extreme dirt car series race got canceled i was looking forward to going to that one uh, but hopefully they'll have some races announced coming up in the near future well de go ahead and introduce yourself man i appreciate you coming by and being part of the show today yeah no problem at all man um, um, obviously I'm D.E. Fraley. He already said that. We got that. Um, from Northeast Ohio, uh, Kinsman, Ohio to be exact, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, just grew up dirt track racing my whole life. My dad, when he races this year, will be his 36th year racing and races, uh, super late models up in the Ohio PA region. Comes down to North Carolina here. He's come down a couple times was down at the blue gray that didn't go very well hence why the warrior chassis is sitting on the warrior jig right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so speaking of warrior chassis we're gonna call up mike knuckles here in just a little bit and get a word with him and see what's going on in his world the owner of warrior chassis yeah but continue what else if you um no you, we you're, uh, you're telling me you uh you guys grew up in the same part of Ohio as uh, the Blaney family. They went sprint car racing, and your family kind of went fender racing. Yeah, um, we actually, my dad and my dad graduated with Dale, and um, they we all went to the same high school. And I, I was, I graduated with Dale's uh, oldest daughter, and um, I grew up around all that stuff. And they were racing cars with wings on them, and we decided to go race some modifieds and late model stuff. So that's kind of where we end up with that um but there's a lot of a lot of racers up in that area uh, come out of that area and race with a lot of great great racers that end up uh racing nationally you know chubb franks from that general area boom briggs guys like that so russ king grew up with russ if everybody knows russ he's a he's a trip but um yeah grew up with them guys and you know been in the racing business quote unquote for since i was probably about 12 years old um doing fab working bodies and we traded fab equipment for a transmission my dad did when i was 12 years old my brother was 11 and we started building race car bodies so that's kind of how we got into the business side of racing and we did our own had our own business up there doing bodies we do clips and updates on chassis and so forth and uh it, 
and landed me down here in North Carolina eventually. Well, what's so, the what's the name of that business for anybody listening? Um, it was way? it was Wildlife Motorsports, but um, it went by uh, Fraley Racing, just Fraley Racing up there. Um, you just see a little FRE sticker on some cars every now and then up there, right. and everyone knew that that decal. Um, but we did shocks and stuff like that, and had shocks from sprint cars to super late models, and won races with my shocks and championships with my shocks um you know from all different forms of motorsports and even had a, a guy in australia running some of our stuff um so we got got out there a little bit for with our equipment and eventually it we kind of the fab business kind of fizzled out a little bit up there and the more people were just ordering stuff in a catalog it kind of fizzled out a little bit and me and my brother made our way down here so i got you um well while racing it sounds like you're just stay on the path of racing all these years and i mean i know why i've done it too but it's it kind of gets in your blood doesn't it uh, yeah i mean i've never i've never done anything else i'm not really good at anything else yeah I, i'm a little bit of hunting and fishing but other than that i'm not really good at anything else other than racing I tried to do other things mm-hmm. i got an engineering degree um tried to be an engineer uh, a normal engineer outside of the racing world and that that didn't work out so well for me, so I just got back into racing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm smart enough to be an engineer either. I've got a bunch of friends that are, though, so maybe they'll help me out if I ever need anything engineered. You know what I mean? You can call me up. I'll, I'll get you fixed up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, what do you think about – I'll ask you one more question, and we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll call Mike. What do you think about the uh, upcoming racing season this year? What are some things you're looking forward to? and uh, are you going to go to any races coming up here in the near future? Um, with my my job and stuff, I go to as many uh, dirt races as I can. I work in the asphalt world. It's not my fault. Um, but uh, I try to go to as many as I can. Um, I'll probably, probably have our car. My dad will have his car back down here. Um, probably race it down here for races it up north. I would say probably in March or something. Uh, we'll find somewhere to race it down here. Um, but I go to as many as I can. Um, like I'd go to Cherokee when I can, and yeah. I go to, uh, Gastonia when I can, right. um, even East Lincoln, if I'm mm-hmm. yeah. feeling that way to go there. So, yeah. um, you but, have to be in the right frame of mind to go there, don't you? Yeah. That's a different frame of mind for sure. Yeah. That's um, a different world over there. Yeah. I like going there, but it's just, yeah. it is a different world it's at East Lincoln. Definitely. Um, but I'm sure I'll end up, uh, back up in Ohio or Pennsylvania on, uh, some weekends that I can make it up there. Um, like my dad races at like uh, Lernerville and uh, uh, Sharon Speedway when they have a, a late model race, he'll run there. Uh, Raceway 7 in Conneaut, Ohio, and Erie Speedway, which is a track that Chubb Frank's parents had for a while there. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll probably make it up there a little bit, you know. But with my job, it kind of, I end up going to more asphalt tracks than I do dirt tracks. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we're going to go to the phone lines and call up Mike Knuckles from Warrior Race Cars. Hang on. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast this week. We're going to go to the phone lines and talk to Mike Knuckles. This is, uh, hey, what's going on, Mike? This is me. This is Kyle and DE here at Speed Sport Studios in Mooresville. What's going on, buddy? Man, I'm currently driving down the road. We just done an outtake session there in that Waggles gas station with that cashier, so. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Well, I'm, I, I'm actually headed back to the shop right now to start second shift, which is to get our Speed Weeks car ready. Well, perfect. That's what I was going to ask you about. Speed Weeks is coming up. Uh, 
you're taking your car down there. Uh, what kind of shots you think you got this year? Y'all, you guys always run good when you go down there. Well, for some weird reason, we always go to Florida and run really, really well. But what well, well for us is running top tens and making features. So, I mean, I, I think we got a pretty good shot of making almost all of them again this year. Yeah, what do you think about that Alltech racetrack? I don't know if you – have you been there before? I went there last February. I, I rode down to Speed Weeks and just watched, and I loved that place. Loved it. Yeah, I was bummed when they canceled uh, Golden Isles because I always try to go to that, and I'm, it looks, looks like I'm not going to make it to Florida at all this year, just so busy with work and – you know, by the way, I'm sure you're pretty busy with work, too, building a lot of these race cars right now, right? Well, slam up with, with new car builds. I got D's, Dad's car. You got to get on the jig and get it done. We just, we just we slam up with all kinds of work, man. It's it's a, a blessing. It's one of the deals where you uh, got to watch what you wish for, but it lands right in your lap, and it's a blessing. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're staying busy, especially, uh, especially uh, you know, in these – these kind of trying times and you know of course i'm staying really busy too with my job and and that's good uh it's you know sort of like be careful what you ask for well i, I asked for it and now i don't even get the chance to go to florida and enjoy some racings but at, at least we get to watch a lot of, we get to watch every bit of it on tv so that's a plus hey i'm telling you what especially for race fans i mean me and you were just pure race fans and we just happened to work in this deal this flow sports and lucas old tv and third vision it's amazing. I can be at the shop at night and watch four races at once on the weekend and just not miss a thing. Yeah, my biggest problem is a lot of these nights I don't have enough screens. <laughs> well, I've only got one screen at the shop, so i got to flip back and forth on the laptop all night long. I hear you, man. Well, I guess uh, I guess, I guess uh, I'll, I'll let DE ask a question here, and I'll think of something else to ask you. <laughs> well, that'll work. I mean, oh, Lord, this is going to be good. Oh, it's going to be fine. This is going to be good. What? Um, how's the uh, Speed Weeks cars coming? Are you getting them pretty close, or you still got a lot of I, lot of sleepless nights ahead of you here? Well, I got hung up with that COVID stuff, and it put me out for about 14 days, so I lost a lot of time on getting both cars ready. So what we're going to do is we're going to take one of our older cars plus the car we ran last year. Um, what I'm finishing up tonight is I got to do fender tops, hood, filler panel, Get all that done, and tomorrow we'll uh, smash up some shocks and springs and wrap it. Be ready to load it. Sounds good. I was going to ask you, what's one of your favorite things about building a race car? What's one of the most, I guess, one of the most satisfying things when you see your race car at the track? I got started in this deal just doing sheet metal work. So for me, a car that has just flawless body lines, looks mean coming at you, good, nice, clean uh, decking nice notches to me that's that's what got me in this so that's what i always look at no matter whose race car goes by yeah i totally agree with you there and you know i was and what about what do you think about the attitude of these super late models these days whenever they're sitting on the track well it's almost making them look goofy sitting still in the pits but i love the attitude of them on the racetrack it's a hard thing to achieve but i love it just raked up in the air it turns them into a wedge car from that we can't do it with so we got to put the car in the attitude and we make a wedge out of it 
Oh, yeah, I totally agree. It puts that spoiler way high up in the air, and mm. it's almost like the uh, the roof line is is the same height as the spoiler whenever that thing's all hiked up in the air. And then, and then of course, the right front camber. And uh, what are some of the tricks of, of getting that right front camber to lay down like that? Some of the tricks to getting that thing just all cambered up is really uh, it's geometry. It all comes back to kind of what DE does for a living is to get that get that right front geometry so you get all kinds of camber gain that thing and run you run pretty much on the inside half of the tire yeah yeah that's what it looks like i just uh i knew you'd have an answer for that well, what about the <laughs> don't, don't want to go too technical i hear you well <laughs> well we'll go wherever you want to go with it awesome tell us a little bit about your driver ryan king there my driver, Ryan King, um, he took a little bit of an unconventional path getting to dirt late model racing. He um, he used to ride horses. Really? Ride horses I did not know that. Yes. He he rode horses and, and done Tennessee show walking horses. And one of, our, one of our good buddies and good customers, Rusty Ballinger, came by his dad's roofing shop one day with his race car and was like, hey, would you sponsor me? Well, Ryan and Rusty went to high school together, so Ryan was like, hey, let's go watch this. Next week, full-blown crate late model. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't know that, I didn't know that much about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, um, that's how he got started. It's a pretty wild one. I tell people that. They had the same reaction to Like, this dude just rode horses and got in a crate car. That's a huge difference. Well, I've known Ryan, and I've known you for a while, but I've, I've known Ryan for probably four or five years now, and... Uh, you know, he's never told me about that. Matter of fact, he don't really say much. Usually, he's pretty quiet. Usually, you are hundred percent correct. He's <laughs> laid back, just goes with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. You're not gonna see him get mad. I'm the opposite from him. That's, I guess that's why we work so good together. He won't throw a wrench, and I'll throw the whole toolbox. So that's how that works. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy. Whenever he does say something, that it's 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 important, and you listen. Exactly. Like if he was to post on his Facebook page, it's only going to be because he is upset and he needs to make a point. Other than that, he don't even worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I should get him on here sometimes because I don't know if I can get much out of him. To... <laughs> oh, you, you get him wound up man. he, he'll start talking, but, uh, he's very diverse in everything that he likes. So you, like you and him would get along because you like different kinds of beverages and things like that. And, uh, just all kinds of aspects of life music just he's a diverse person yeah he's a cool guy well we've asked we've talked about ryan uh what about you i know you uh if i've got this straight you you kind of started uh a lot, a lot of the same way i did taking pictures and doing some photography at the races and you kind of got uh, into working on some of these cars and building bodies for warrior and then eventually now you're the uh now you're the owner of warrior chassis so i guess just kind of tell me a little bit about your resume if you will and my, my path kind of starts you know, kind of like these and every other kind of racers out there. Their family was into it at first. So my dad started racing. I was about six years old, running mini stock, Smoky Mountain Speedway, Atomic Speedway, 411. He raced for about 15 years. <clears throat> Had a back injury, got out of it. So that's where my forte into photography comes, is that I had to find some way to stay in the sport. So I started taking photos. And then I ran off to college and came back, kept doing the photo deal, just kind of 
one of your other persons, uh, Matt Henderson. You had him on the show last week. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, rode around with Matt for a few years and then started getting, had my own sheet metal deal, done body work. Then I went to the Warrior Open House and them got sheet metal work for them because they were getting the Clint Boyer racing deal when Dale McDowell drove for them. Right. And Clint was really hard on, he needed clean sheet metal work. <clears throat> so that's, <clears throat> that got me into my, my 10 year forte of working for Sanford Goddard and I've just, he allowed me to grow in the business to learn everything business side of it, setup wise, fabrication. And he was ready to, ready to check out and I was able to take over. Yeah. It sounds like you were in the right place at the right time. Whenever that deal came about. It, it was, I definitely landed. Um, it, it was perfect timing. I mean, I, I could have went down the path and started my own chassis business and let his just kind of die out, but I done put 10 years into warrior and then my dad drove warrior cars and I grew up knowing like the warrior brand and I couldn't let it get, get gone. I couldn't let it disappear. Well, warrior has a, a really big legacy. I mean, Scott Bloomquist drove those cars. You mentioned Dale McDowell. He drove those cars. Uh, Freddie Smith drove those cars. It's, it's got a legacy of a lot of big name uh, drivers through the years. And you definitely don't want to let that die. If anything, you need to rebuild it, rebrand it and, and come back bigger and better than ever. Well, that's that's where we're headed. One time we sat down and we figured out that pretty much <clears throat> the only big name to not drive a Warrior is Billy Moyer. Other than that, everybody has sat in the seat and drove one. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, on the on the rebuilding side of it, I kind of took over, had a business business model that nobody would have helped me with. I had no work. Um, we'd actually dwindled down to doing no cars, and we was just racing on the road with Ryan and his dad, just trying to make something happen. Um, at one point, a few weeks ago, I was 10 cars behind. Man, that is really amazing. That In two really years, amazing. we've grown from uh, nothing to, to growing it back to, like you said, try to make the name worth what it used to be. Hey, Mike, um, so with yeah. with Warrior you know, being the, the big, I mean, it's a, it's a big name in the racing world in general, not just the late model world. I mean, racing world, people know what warrior race cars is. Um, and I know this past season when you guys won that championship of the Ironman series, um, how much, how much of a benefit do you think that championship has meant to building warrior back up to what it, you know, I don't want to say this badly, but what it once was, no, no, you're not speaking badly. I'm completely honest about how it went down in the hole, and I'm trying to drag it back out. Um, that championship means uh, it's it's hard to explain really what it means to me because that's the first time the Warrior House Car Program has ever won a championship period on its own. We've won championships with other drivers and so on, but that's the first time it ever won a championship out of the shop that we race out of every week. Um, I think that just kind of verified that our place in the industry that we can run with all these other brands of chassis. Um, we really had a good year. We, our worst finish was, uh, beside the DNF was a 13. Yeah. And I think that was at Charlotte, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. At the world finals. <laughs> well, I take it back. I was two fifteenths that weekend. <laughs> Never mind. A 15th. Yes. That's still a not 15th. bad with the outlaws. No, no, we, we went over to the world finals and we just love going over there and we made both those races with ease. You was with us the first night helping us out and, uh, just, we had a good showing. 
what are some of your uh, races you're looking forward to coming up this year? I know you always you're you always go and support Eldora, and Eldora really hadn't put out their schedule yet. But I'm assuming we're going to have two dreams and two worlds. That's kind of the way it's looking. What do you think about that if that were to happen? Listen, you know I'm an Eldora nut just like you, and I cannot wait to go to Eldora and race for a complete week. I cannot. They're they're <laughs> supposed to be putting pretty soon, and I cannot wait to go burn up tires for a week at Eldora. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be good. Well, another race coming to East Tennessee. We've talked about it a few times here on the show the last couple of weeks, but that big race at Bristol, I've seen uh, your car on the entry list, and I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a big deal for for you and a lot of your customers there in that region. That that deal at Bristol, I have a lot of customers signed up to run that the first week of dirt running up before the cup race. Um, it's huge for our sport. I just hope it doesn't turn into a small black eye, kind of like it did last time. Maybe we've got better components now that can hold up, and it'll be a better showing for our sport because there's more eyes on us now than there was in 2000. I think so. I think the sport's headed in a really big upswing this year, and I think that that I think that that race at Bristol is going to be one that a lot of people are going to have their eyes on uh, in the sport, or you know, not not in the sport. You know, whenever they had the football game there at Bristol, I don't really keep up football too much, but I kind of paid attention to that. So I think that it's going to be a big deal. And hopefully they can sell a lot of tickets and really pack the place out. And I'm looking forward to going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there every day. I mean, I've got customers running 602, 604, and they're going to be spread out the entire week. So I'll be there that week supporting my customers. And I think as a house call program, I think we've made the decision to probably run the World of Outlaws events the next month. Um, we're going to see how the first go around goes probably run the world of alcohol events that weekend well that sounds good mike uh i think that's about all i've got for you do you got anything else nah, i'm pretty good i think oh just you just want to check the status of when your car is going to be ready don't you yeah i'll, I'll exactly. be there i'll be there saturday <laughs> yeah. so. i'll let i'll let kevin know to get right on that <laughs> yeah. well mike we wish you guys a bunch of luck down in florida this coming weekend and hope you can go down there and click off a win or two and uh you know best of luck all season tell ryan and them guys i said hello and i really do appreciate you being on the show especially last minute like this man hey man i appreciate you um a win for us would be huge you would hear me back in the great carolina speedway capital hollering from florida if we won a race you would hear me for sure so i mean we just want some good runs be we're gonna be on tv every night so that's a big deal to us and to be in front of all everybody running good james six hollering the warrior house car name so that's that's big to us uh, but i do appreciate you letting me be on tonight i'm always a big fan of yours and supporter whatever you're doing kyle so you keep up a good work bud well, I've always liked to support what you've got going on, Mike, and I hope to see you some sometime soon. Like I say, I do appreciate you being on here tonight, man. You're welcome. D, keep him straight, okay? He's keeping me straight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right, sir. See y'all. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast. Next, we're going to go to the phone lines and talk to Tyler Brashears. Tyler was the tire man for jonathan davenport over the last few years had some highly successful seasons with jonathan davenport and before that he worked for other teams and he'll tell us a little bit more about that but currently he's kind of settled back down here and moved back to the south carolina region is going to help michael brown this year uh, the first race helping michael they actually picked up a pretty big win there at lavonia and i want to get him to tell us about all that tyler it's a pleasure to have you on the show tonight what's going on man 
man it's a pleasure to be on this thing uh, uh not much is going on uh we just got back from uh, bringing our backup car from clements clements uh put some fresh valve springs on it for us uh, before we head to florida uh, in a couple days and we just wanted to make sure everything was ready to go on that thing so we just got back to the shop actually unloading it and we're going to put it in the shop for a little bit and then we'll load everything right back up in the big rig and head to uh, lake city on uh, thursday well cool i'm looking forward to seeing i didn't know you guys were going to run that race but i'm looking forward to seeing seeing how your team does i know uh you actually went to victory lane whenever y'all were there last year so i think you've got the setup don't you yeah well i don't know about i don't know about having the setup uh but we did uh, last year with Jonathan. Uh, we did actually win there. That was uh, that was pretty cool to actually win at that place. Uh, that track's pretty neat. Uh, it's all the drivers kept saying it's one of the slickest tracks they've ever been on. Uh, everybody had that kind of thought process, and I know like for tire game, as far as for me, uh, it was one of the easiest tracks we've ever had on tires. So I actually enjoyed going there. <laughs> I hear you. Well, before I, I want to ask you a little bit about all of that coming up, but before we get into that, what, what's tell us, tell me a little bit more about your resume and how you got into racing. I've known your brother a lot longer than I've really known you, and he works at Hendrick and everything, and he, he lives around here in Gastonia. But uh, but you, you've kind of been, you've kind of worked on a lot of these dirt teams through the years, and I just kind of want to know how you got your start, where you started, and uh, you know, t- tell us a little bit about it. Well, I'm, uh, I'm originally from Arkansas. Um, you know, I've always grown up around racing. It's been a family thing forever. Um, my brother-in-law, Casey Finley, drives modifieds and stuff uh, around Arkansas. And uh, when I was little growing up, you know, we would always go to the racetrack and uh, watch him. Uh, so I was just involved in racing. And that was just kind of a way of life. You know, on the weekends during high school, play football on Friday night and then all my buddies would go hang out on Saturday. Well, me, I'm at a racetrack, you know? Uh, so that's just always been a way of life. For me. Well, that was the way I was too. Exactly. You know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, have a bunch of, you know, friends I went and hung out with all the time because most of my friends were all at the racetrack. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's where I spent most of my time and had some friends that, uh, I met through the racing that got into dirt late model racing, crate stuff um you know around arkansas and mississippi and stuff and started helping him a little bit and got really involved in the late model side of it and i actually enjoyed that and you know i just always did racing just kind of as a hobby thing you know on the weekends uh go racing and maybe during the week go work in the shop a little bit learn what you can and where i really started getting involved in it was uh with lance lander's son gavin uh, it's his youngest boy, and Gavin raced uh, with the Comp Cam Series there in Arkansas. Um, you know, we traveled around Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, Missouri, and I got to helping Gavin some, all because of uh, just mutual friends, and started running the roads with Gavin. And I would work during the day and go up to the shop at night in Batesville and help him, and that's how I got my foot in the door with Lance. And me and Gavin did that for a couple years, and, you know, we just kind of had a lot of fun doing it. And I learned a lot because at that time, that was uh, when Jared was racing and Gavin, and they all had Blinkless cars. So I got to, you know, learn a lot with Scott and Cody Mallory and Randy Sweet as well, Um, you know, hang around them guys. And Jason Durham, which was the crew chief for Jared at the time and is also the crew chief for Jonathan currently, um, 
And that's how me and Jason become friends. So it's just a whole bunch of how I knew people, and it's how you know and, and who you know. So when Lance, uh, you know, wanted to start this deal up with uh, Jonathan a couple years ago, um, after Jared got hurt and he took a year off the national tours, Lance did, he wanted to start another team up. And a couple weeks before Florida starts, and they didn't have a tire guy. Right Jason, place, right time. Know, I've been hanging around the shop. Yeah, right place, right time. Uh, you know, I was uh, at the shop hanging out and uh, been going up there helping Gavin getting his stuff ready. And Lance is like, look, man, I'm in a bind. You know, I kind of need somebody. And I was like, okay, um, you know, I'll help you find somebody. Well, then I was like, I kind of want to do it. So I talked to Jason. And Jason told me I did not want to do this. He said, you don't want to get involved in this. You don't want to run the roads. He said, you don't want this lifestyle. I said, you know what? I'll do it. <laughs> so uh, that's how it started for me. You know, I did that deal with Jonathan and Lance and Jason for the last three years. And I mean, it's been a lot of fun, you know, and, and I, I give the guys credit that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, just running up and down the roads and working on these dirt late models because people actually do not know how much work goes into that. You know, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, me personally, uh, I lived with Jason in Kentucky because that's where we kept the cars. So I lived in Jason's house for the last three years and his wife and, and, and kids and him as well is basically, they just become another family and, and they treat me like family. I'm like another son and I couldn't have asked for anything better. It made the racing being gone that much easier to do. But then after a while, you just kind of get burnt out. You know, you, you don't get to go home. You don't get to see your family. You're always gone. And, I mean, I knew that's what I signed up for, but I knew I didn't want to do it forever. So, right. uh, you know, and and there's a lot of people that, that don't realize, you know, Jason shops five minutes from his house, but we wouldn't leave his shop till midnight, and we're back at the shop at 8 in the morning. And guess what? We've only got two days during the week to do that, and then we're back on the road. So there's no downtime, none. Yeah, nobody and, realizes how much work goes into these things. I always have realized it, and that's the biggest reason why I don't have a car. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, as people always ask me, like, you don't ever want to drive? And I'm like, no, because I couldn't imagine driving and working on one. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it, especially nowadays. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was a lot easier to just load up your car and go. Uh, you know, maybe check your air pressure and your tires, make sure your motor ain't falling out of the thing or your rear end, and then go. But nowadays, I mean, you've got to, you know, work on your stuff. These road crew guys are a special breed, man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we we work sun up, sun down, and you stay up all night driving from one track to the next. And, you know, it's it's a fun experience. The people you meet's awesome. And, and it's, uh, you know, something I would never, you know, say I regret doing because I love every, every bit of it. Yeah, well, you you got to experience. I mean, you got to experience it with one of the best drivers in the country, with Jonathan Davenport. A lot of trips to Victory Lane there with him, and you learned a lot, a lot about tires. That was kind of your job doing the tires. Um, what what yes. can you? Uh, what did you learn about the tires, or any? Did you learn any tricks or tips that you're going to bring to Michael Brown's program this season? Well, you know, uh, honestly, uh, you know, I can say, I mean, I, I learned a lot. You know, Jonathan taught me a lot about that stuff. And, uh, 
you know, he's one of the best when it comes to, uh, you know, knowing what a tire needs and what he needs underneath him. Um, and we took a lot of trips to victory lane and I did learn a lot of neat truck, you know, tricks and uh, little things, but at the same time, you know, you can't carry that over to another driver. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily that it was the right or wrong thing to do. And it's, you know, it's just how they drive the car. Uh, Jonathan drives a lot different than a lot of people. So, you know, him and Michael drive a lot different. As far as, you know, with Michael and how to cut tires and how to prepare things for each track. So it's going to be a learning curve. But there is some little things, you know, just certain cuts and uh, how much you to tire up for certain tracks uh, that you just have to know. And that's, uh, that's going to help out a lot with Michael. Uh, Tyler, Darren here. Um, when you're up, uh, I know I've done tires and, you know, with my dad's stuff and stuff like that. And I've been around the dirt, the late model stuff, working on these things. So I, I know what you're saying about how much time goes into all this stuff. And I've, I've been there and it's, I know exactly what you're saying. But with the tire stuff, um, how much time per tire, you know, just for people that don't, might not know, are you putting in? like prep wise per tire, like tires during the week and at the racetrack and so on and so forth. Well, see, uh, you know, with the Lucas oil series and, and just racing on that caliber of team, you know, you always had to be prepared for every situation. Uh, it didn't matter what it was or, or how it was. You always had to be prepared. And, you know, I would say, you know, just average time on a tire, you're going to look at, you know, 20 minutes, you know, uh, the average, time but there is some some tires certain tire rules when we go out to the west wrs 55 tires uh i can't stand them because they take so much time i mean you're looking at hour hour per tire some of them wow and and it's ridiculous yeah and and you know i mean you just gotta you gotta always be prepared so you can't just cut a set and be done you know you've got to have different options and so a lot of times the tire rack was full even though we could only run one tire compound, but I had them all cut different ways, you know. So um, you just always had to know what you might expect, and then also you just have to wing it sometimes and guess what you might expect and just be prepared for every situation. Yeah, because you don't have much time to, to – uh, whenever you come off the track for hot laps, you're usually turning right around and going back out for qualifying, right? So you don't have a lot of time to uh, be grooving tires. You better be ready. Yes, sir. I mean, most of the time what I would do is I would show up to the track with everything cut, you know, at least one of every, you know, a couple of everything cut. And I would always have one that was about three quarters of the way done and I could finish it up before the feature. Usually like our hard tire compound for the right rear, I would wait and see what the track's going to do, you know, what it's specifically going to do. And then uh, go from there and, and finish it up, you know, five, 10 minutes and, and get it done real fast. Yeah. There's definitely a routine there to be that you have to learn and adapt to, to be a part of that. But what were some of the fun things that you did on the road while y'all were out on the, while y'all were out on the Lucas oil tour the last few years? Uh, you know, one of the biggest things, uh, I, I remember is uh, me and Jonathan actually got to go fishing. Uh, it was actually when we were at the, uh, at Cedar Lake, uh, up there for the actual World of Outlaw race. We had an off weekend, so we went up there to Cedar Lake, and we got there a few days early. So uh, me and Jonathan found a fishing charter, and we went and caught a bunch of uh, muskies, uh, tiger muskies, actually. And that was actually a pretty fun trip. I remember when Jonathan got this guide we found online, and 
uh, you know, we didn't expect much. You know, we just figured we were going to go out there and kill time. Well, we ended up actually impressing the guy a little bit. He was like, I've never had people that could actually catch as many fish. You know, usually I have people that don't even know how to throw, you know, cast a line. Mm. And Jonathan's a pretty avid fisherman. So uh, we actually had pretty fun uh, doing that. Uh, that was a pretty neat experience. I'd never go fishing in Wisconsin, you know, if it wasn't for the racing deal. Um, and then also, I mean, I think one of the other cool things was winning the World 100 with the Brewster Baker scheme. Yes. Uh, that was uh, probably the highlight and will always be the highlight of my career. We did that throwback scheme to Brewster Baker and six pack, and we had the car the whole nine yards and and we go out there and win the 49th annual world 100 uh that was actually pretty cool that's one of my favorite memories that world 100 that year with the brewster car and i was really proud to be there and you know we all celebrated afterwards and yeah that that's that's one of my favorite memories and i think going forward i'll never forget that night oh most definitely i remember you coming over there and sipping a little bit on some stuff and we were celebrating i know we uh you know, we probably had a little too much fun that night, but uh, uh, but who who wouldn't have much, you, that much fun after winning that you know that caliper race? You cannot have too much fun after winning the World One Hundred. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good <laughs> no, excuse. <laughs> yeah, once you've done that, you've uh, you're at the top of the mountain. You've earned it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, you know that that would always be probably number one in my book. There's nothing that can top that. Um, you know, but at the same time, uh, let's just say me and michael and miller and you know all of us we go down here this weekend uh for speed weeks and we pull off a, a lucasville speed weeks win uh as a true underdog uh, i feel like uh, that might be close to topping the world 100 <laughs> well that's interesting to hear you say that and i do think you guys are going to go down there and be prepared and have a good weekend and have a good speed weeks and i think that michael brown's going to be a really good sleeper peak on the sleep sleeper pick on the dirt draft this week don't you I, I really feel like, you know, he could be, especially at Lake City, because uh, he's had some experience there. Man, that uh, Powell Memorial uh, crate race that they had, um, you know, he actually ran pretty decent in it, so he's had some laps around the track. So that'll help him out quite a bit going into this. And he's actually practiced a supercar around the track before, so I think that'll uh, be a big advantage, uh, you know, as far as going in as an underdog or a dark horse, you, you could say well, I wish you guys a lot of luck this year, and I think you're going to have a good season. And I, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do. And hopefully uh, hopefully we can have you back on and talk about some more highlights. Yes, sir. Most definitely. And I appreciate you all. And, uh, you know, uh, keep up the good work. Uh, your podcast is uh, taking off pretty good, I feel like. So uh, y'all just keep up the good work. And I love listening to these. And I have to say my favorite episode so far would probably have to be the Brownie Brown one. Yeah. Just saying. I appreciate you saying that. Well, tell all your friends about it. Tell all those people going to Florida that they need to listen to it. You got a road trip there. You can go ahead and listen to about all of them and the amount of time it takes you to get there. And I don't think that a person would be, uh, I don't think they can go wrong by listening to it if I had to say so myself. I agree 100%. All right. Well, this is, I appreciate you being on here today, Tyler. I do. Yes, sir. Thank you all very much. This has been another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. For D.E. Fraley, I'm Kyle Armstrong. Thank you for listening and come back next week. Mm-hmm.